Chapter 13 Mother and Oracle The devil can cite scripture for his purpose. William Shakespeare, The Merchant of Venice Welcome, brave traveler, to Salandrian, a city steeped in murder, mystery, and madness. Stagnation and complacency have run rampant, and something monstrous churns behind the dark. A group of private investigators are the only thing that stands in the way of injustice and despair. Let us join them now for another exciting episode of The Beholder's Eye! One, two, one, two, three, four. Less than 24 hours since Jim and Dwight attacked everyone in the Beholder's Eye. Bastards. I don't remember who did a good thing, or I'd be like, good job. Was it you? It was not me. (laughs) Someone did really good. Yay, team. (laughs) Yeah, and I want to cheer them on. (laughs) Well, um, Well, I don't remember the episode. We'll just assume you did that. After. I haven't edited that one yet, so we'll we'll edit this out of this one and put it in that one. Okay. Good job, Chirp! (laughs) It was me! In the intervening hours between (laughs) everyone defeating Jim and Dwight and uh, Penny separating you guys into different groups, she's kind of given each of you a rundown on kind of what's going on with Al. As far as she knows, he's either dead or anywhere on the planet. She has no real clues or knowledge of what this artifact was, and Al didn't really leave a lot of good notes about it because, honestly, he didn't really know much about it. What is the artifact again? Can you remind us? It's just a completely see-through, perfectly round, like, crystal orb that was in this box. In a box. Al Delar opened the box, touched it, disappeared. Is that when I got cheese? No, that was that was years ago. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> At this point, <laughs> I think that was when we opened a book, anyways. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but so, without really having any knowledge of what this artifact is or what it does, uh, Penny has decided. Chirp and lazy. Penny has decided that. She needs more information on this. She needs someone to help her figure out what it is, what it does. And the only person that she knows that might have any inkling of this is her mom. Penny's mom? Yes. Penny has a mom? (laughs) Everyone has a mom, Lazy, except for you. Oh. (laughs) Burn! (laughs) I didn't know. She she brings the two of you 
into her personal office. And this is actually one of the few times I've ever been in her personal office. Pretty private about her things. And she pulls the two of you into her office and she sits you down and she says, well, look, um, shit's kind of going sideways, guys. Um, I need more information on, on this, this object that has taken Al from us. Um, and the only oh, person- Oh, good, we do too. Yes, yes. The only person that yeah. I can think of though that might be able to help us in this is my mother. Um, me and my mother don't really get along all that well, so I'm gonna send you guys in my place. Um, she knows that you're coming, and she should have a lot of good information for you. What I n- really need from you though is to convince her to come back and help. Because even does she like Al? No, no. <laughs> it's <laughs> part of she... why we don't get along very well. She, she doesn't like dwarves in general, and thinks that Al stole me away from her. I used to work for my mother. Um, we used to trade in secrets and information. My mother still does, but I got out of that lifestyle. I, I didn't. Did you really? I did. Well, (laughs) (laughs) thank you, Chirp. (laughs) I didn't truly get out of it. I'm still drawn to information. And that's why I went without. He showed me a world in which I didn't have to risk my life every hour of every day. Or but Al's missing, so, so how now risky we is risk it? our lives for you. Yeah. Okay, but like mm-hmm. besides that, why would your mom want to help if she doesn't like Al? I'm good at it. Um, my mom will help anyone for a price. Oh. And unfortunately, the price in this case is that when we get Al back, I'm I'm going to be leaving the Beholder's Eye. Oh no! Uh, and going back to work for my mom. Oh, no, Benny, no, we can't Benny. lose you. I know, I know. Trust me, I'll still try to help you guys as, as much as I can, but Aldalar helped me out of a bad place, and now... You're going I right back into it. You whatever can't. I can to help him out of a bad place. Well, that's There's okay, because be another then we'll solution. just help you out of your bad place. Again. We'll make sure that you can have a job here afterward, and um, you'll get out of having to work for your mom. <laughs> Thank you. That's very sweet. <laughs> a bit innocent, but very sweet. But anyways, yes, yeah, so what I'm going to need you to do, go on down to my mom's shop. Uh, it's down in the Merchant District. It is a textile shop. The fabric is just a front, though. Um, What's the name of the company? Caitlin's Cuts. <laughs> I like it. Yes, it's a bit of a double entendre. <laughs> anyways, um... Is that with K's or yes, C's? Yes, all K's. <laughs> no, she uses her fabric shop as a front for the information and secrets that she deals in. Like I said, though, she's expecting you. She knows the situation. Um, I've given her descriptions of both of you, so she should recognize you as soon as you walk in the door and be able to help you get more information about this item for us. Okay? Okie dokie. All right, thank you. And she very hurriedly and a bit anxiously 
you know, rushes out of the room and you can hear her open up another door down the hallway and say, Barry! Oh, sorry, I was, I assumed you were going to either be asleep or not paying attention. Well, we start to leave because we don't need to eavesdrop on Barry's thing, do we? Nope. Yep, out of here. We need to go talk to her. The, we need to get Al back as quick as we can. I'm on it. I do you can, know a shortcut uh, to the this. merchant district? I do, of course. I can get us there. Let's go. We go to Caitlin's shop. <laughs> Caitlin cuts. I do that. <laughs> we do that. <laughs> and I, we I take a shortcut. Yeah, there's something like I go twice as fast. Yeah, because she I know knows the city. Oh yeah, the city. yeah. yeah. No, you, uh, I don't remember one your, what it is though. Oh, it's one of your background traits. Is yeah. that like growing up in the city, you know the oh, streets. Oh, it's probably intimately. in one of these. Mm-hmm. So, um, you guys make amazing time getting to Caitlin's shop, and as you walk through the front door, um, you see a woman standing at the register, I guess. <laughs> um, with her back turned to you, and she's talking to a very, very short, very skinny halfling. You realize as she starts to turn around that she's also a halfling, and this could only be Caitlyn. Because looking at her is like looking at Penny's future. Caitlyn and Penny, if they were the same age, would be nearly indistinguishable. Like, she is the spitting image of her daughter. I guess... That should be the other way around. But, um, And as you walk through, she greets you with that same warm and inviting smile. I say hi, Penny. Penny. <laughs> hey, Penny, how'd you meet us here? She immediately just smiles even wider. And she's like, mm, that's sweet, dear, but I'm not my daughter. Um, thank you, though, for giving an old lady a little bit of a thrill. Oh, then you must be Caitlin. Yes, yes, and you must be um, lazy and chirp. And she purposefully points at chirp when saying lazy and points at you lazy. Oh, no, no, I'm lazy and this is chirp. Common mistake. Good, good. Sorry, sorry for the... Actually, it's a... (laughs) You're right. (laughs) But you can call me chirp. And whistle at the same time. I'm sorry. (laughs) She's a very skilled bird. <laughs> I'm sorry. Caitlin, do you do you talk to Penny about the anything any oh, the, the case anymore? Well, I mean, Penny sent over um, a messenger with quite a bit of information. Um, it seems that you're looking for more information on a object that was acquired by Aldolot. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And as she says Aldalar, she makes a face like she's smelling someone who shit their pants. Voice doesn't change, but you can see just saying the name Aldalar is disgusting to her. Yes, unfortunately, I do have some information about this. And against my better judgment, I... We'll help you out, and unfortunately, my services don't come for free. Um, we heard. Penny is really worried. Did my daughter also tell you that, um, along with the deal that we made, I'm going to need something from the two of you? Oh. What? Nothing what? in this world is free, girls. All right. Yeah, but this is for Penny. Like, don't you still love your daughter? Are you worried that she might go missing too? 
My daughter went missing years ago. I don't know what happened between you and Penny, but she's your daughter. And you should like that she got out of this dangerous profession and has... It's only dangerous if you don't understand what you're doing. Well, maybe Penny didn't understand. Never really did, but that's beside the point. What I'm going to need from the two of you, there's a man who's been threatening me. And even with my considerable connections, I'm unable to take care of this issue myself. So what I'm going to need the two of you to do is uh, kill him. Oh, we're not assassins. I guess you don't want Aldalar that back that badly then. I mean, there's got to be a... Is this a bad guy? Bad is a relative term, dear. Um, bad in the sense that if you wanted to go by good and bad, you may say that, yes, he's a bad guy. He's the type of man that threatens bodily harm and... Well, who is he? His name is Jeremiah Johnson. Isn't he the gnome we just saved? Are no. you scared of a gnome? No, he's a mountain man. <laughs> All right, well. <laughs> Who is he? Who's Jeremiah Johnson? He, he's not um, the gnome that we just saved, obviously. No, he's human. Um, oh, those he, damn humans. I've heard nothing but bad things about them. Un- unfortunately, um, it's taken him a few years, but he follows us over from the old country, and he knows things that no one... In this continent should know. Does he have um, anything to do with the Church of the Open Eye? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Jeremiah is one of the scions of the church. He is one of their lieutenants, I guess you would say. And this isn't going to be easy. uh, But nothing that's worth doing is. So we kill this guy. Oh, yes. As you give us be. the information, and we can save Aldalar. Mm. This information better be good. Caitlin, I'm going out on a limb. I don't like to kill people. I am not an assassin. Your past actions may be counterintuitive to what you just said, but I, I believe you, dear. I know. Not, I didn't expect that you would be well I think trained. I always try to stop Swifty. Cold But one time assassins. I think I did kill someone. But you two are uniquely suited for this because Jeremiah has been trying to recruit anyone that's got a connection to the veil. Are you familiar with the veil? Does it? Not uh, many people in the country understand or know of. The veil. The veil is where. Doesn't that keep the magic the world from the regular world? Yes. Good. Good <laughs> job. <laughs> I mean, I would expect nothing less from someone who is made up of pure veil energy, um, whether you knew it or not. Oh wow! Uh, I didn't know. What is this veil energy? It, it is the fundamental energy of the universe. It is what holds everything together, and also at the same time, what keeps everything apart. The veil is also very, very manipulatable. Malleable. (laughs) Malleable, thank you. The veil is also very malleable. And when you have a closer connection to it, you can be used to open it. Oh, so you're using me, Caitlin? No, 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 no. No. 
Or do you, do you think this well, guy that you're way, sending yes. us to go kill is gonna try to use me if he knows what I am? Does he know what I am? Oh yeah. How many people know you? what I am? Um, not many. Not many. Most people don't understand what the jinn are. Most people also don't understand that, um, Kenku and Tabaxi and every one of the let's say weird races have a deep unique. <laughs> Yes, unique. You have a very special connection to the veil. Because we're magical. Exactly. Exactly. You you were all born of magic of one kind or another. You may not know it yet, but you are all much more important than you think you may be. Um, but this man, Jeremiah... I think Chirp's pretty important. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Jeremiah, he and his kind have learned how to tap into the energies of the veil and they are trying to recruit people with a a deep connection to use as conduits so you don't want us to be recruited please no well all right i think i can handle that well i don't want to be recruited why would we work for them we saw some of the sadistic things that they were doing they tried to sacrifice someone well and if you do let them recruit you you may bring up about the end of the world so i'm gonna need you to take care of this as soon as possible okay um jeremiah runs a textile shop um in probably the most wealthy part of the merchant district um that's that's why this is gonna be a bit difficult um i mean you can always just waltz right in there and do the deed but that might cause complications as he's definitely got people helping him in his shop and witnesses and the such now i know i know that you're not assassins but i'm sure between the two of you you can figure out a way to um get this done now his shop is called the mithril mills and you can find that down in the well actually just a few blocks from here fashion section oh i know where that is Perfect, perfect. Do we see Barry shopping? <laughs> no. Uh, she, uh, she says, now, remember, um, Jeremiah can be very persuasive, so don't don't give him a chance to talk. Just just kill him, okay? Is he going to put a spell on us? Okay. No, he was never adept at magics that I knew of. All right, well, we better get on this. All right, so you guys Let's leave? Let's go, yeah, investigate our target. Okay. You guys make your way over oh, to... Oh, when we leave, I say to Caitlin that she does not get Penny. Oh. <laughs> On the way out, I would like to swipe a thimble. I think you have to do a sleight of hand. Yeah. I do that. Um, I'll, I'll let you roll with advantage <gasps> since... Uh, I'm hurling. Yeah. Sh- uh, center. Lazy's trying to distract her. Oh, jeez. Oh. That didn't help. Hold on, um, but seven plus nine... She's a really good thief. It's just a thimble. Um, so, no, you're able to pocket a thimble very easily nice. because um, Caitlin yeah. is set off by uh, what you said. And she said, I I never said that my daughter was part of this transaction. And frankly, she may be my daughter and I may love her, but I'm not doing any of this for her. And it hasn't been that way for a long time. We leave. Okay. <laughs> okay. On our way there, I have... To stop and drop off my thimble. You got a thimble? Yeah. Cool. Of course. 
yeah, let's go drop it off. Okay. Chirp leads you lazy down a few side streets to a great street that uh, is a little hidden away from prying eyes and she pops it open and you guys drop down in there and uh, there's a small chamber with a ladder that leads, seems to lead down into the catacombs. This is a new place, Chirp. You've never taken me here before. Oh, I've had this place for a long time. You know, you've seen my nest, but this is just somewhere, just you know, in case. I just need to drop off this simple in case anything happens to me. I need it here, you know? Okay. Where it's safe. So you guys uh, descend this ladder and you enter into a small chamber. Trip, what kind of things are sitting around in this chamber? All right. So there's a Barbie doll. Okay. There's actually, there's a few lamps <laughs> and of course, lots and lots of shiny things and a giraffe, a stuffed giraffe. And there's a marionette doll that's about three feet tall with a fez and blue shorts and a red t-shirt. <laughs> Okay. And then I just stashed my thimble amongst the stuff on my nightstand. <laughs> the shiniest bits. <laughs> yes, indeed. Would you have uh, like booby trapped this place or like set up any wards or anything to protect? Well, I don't know magic and magic freaks me out. So maybe some sort of uh, booby trap. Yes. Yeah. So you like, could have um, kind of like a safe place to go when you're in the city. A swinging machete. A swinging trap. machete trap? <laughs> Hopefully behead people? Oh, no, just a nice gash <laughs> in okay. the side. You know, like one of the side swiping. Like, okay, okay. But it could be an axe. Lazy, Maybe an axe you... and a machete trap. I thought you had a present for it. We... You did want to talk. I know, but maybe I don't want to give you a present you for the safe home. <laughs> Be like, I have the perfect light for this. Yeah, I do have the perfect light for this. <laughs> You're right. Um, dude, come check this out. I got something for you to go in your house. Oh, okay. And I take her into my house, which and is on my wrist. always freaks me yeah. out a little bit because, you know, I just, it's weird and to go in there. I just tap her on, or grab her hand and tap my wrist and we go to my house and... What does it look like inside your house? It has many, many rooms. All right. Um, and in each room is just like a different day or it feels like a different day or a different time. Okay. Like some things are old and antique. Some rooms are like full of lamps. Some <laughs> rooms have like a nice furniture set. All right. Um, it's just very unique. Um, one of my rooms is a shop and I have on the the wall I have Lazy's lamps written down. Like it's my label. Yeah. And I grab <laughs> a lamp out of this room that I've been working on and it's got a bunch of different mirrors all around it and it's just a globe. And Ooh. I take it back and I or I turn around and I show it to Chirp and I'm like this will look great. And I like zap with my fingers, just like a little lightning into it. And it starts to rotate with a bulb inside. Oh! Nice. Nice. And she, yeah. So however you react to that. Oh, uh, let's take it home right now. 
know. I want to hang it up. Okay, we do have some business to get to as well. So okay. let's go mount it and then get on our way. Chirp, that was my prototype. This is, I got to go down to the uh, lightning or electric district. I will help you create these. This is going to make millions. I was thinking zillions. <laughs> <laughs> we could help a lot of people with that. We can light so many rooms. Imagine the potential here. You know, we need to figure out how to make music come out of boxes. <gasps> a music box. <laughs> <laughs> okay, real quick. There's music boxes in this world. <laughs> there are? Well, I much more love the idea of the both of you just being like, I got this. No, I wouldn't say they're widespread, but... <laughs> We're going to make a bigger, better one. <laughs> a bigger We need music a portable box. Muta music a, box. A more than one music in a music box. <laughs> yeah, so you guys are making your way over to the Mithril Mills. As you approach the front of the building, you can see that uh, the name of the building is painted all across the entire top of the storefront uh, in pretty garish gold and silver lettering. And uh, you see in the windows that there's a, they're actually having a 20% off sale today. Um, walking inside, are you, well... I guess I should ask. Are you guys going to walk inside? I rolled to disguise us. Do you, are you going to have I like rolled, a, a I just plan? Want to do an, just going to go and see what happens? I just want to figure out who this guy is and see what he's about How first. How are you going to disguise me? I'm going to, with my disguise kit. So we just don't oh, look yeah. like ourselves. Yeah. You're able to, I mean, hide the fact that she's a bird person as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Which lends... Chirped looking more like a uh, very pious nun, I guess you would say, uh, that tends to cover their face and is just shrouded in all oh. these uh, different scarves and things. And Chirp, you, as you kind of get into this, you, your your vision narrows a bit as you only have a little bit of a, a bit to peek out of and it kind of gets you into the mode of like being quiet a little bit and like ready for this you know you walk a little bit differently than you normally would you like totally just get yourself into character all right you're not chirping i am more. eyeing the buttons and notions yes all right so uh you guys just walk right in after that like after you kind of or, or uh i guess lazy I, since you're changing your appearance a little what are you gonna try and are you gonna try and uh, you would you'd notice in this section of the city there are a lot more um like elves and dwarves around um, that look very rich. Well, obviously I spruce myself up and shine my clothes. And then I think I will make myself a little bit taller okay. and flatten my hair and make my ears pointy more. Okay.
Hey everybody, it's your DM Andrew. A couple of announcements this week, and then I'll have an ad for you, and we'll get you right back into the show. Uh, first things first, we are creeping right up on the finale. Our season one finale is going to be at the end of January, uh, right at the beginning of February there. So what we're going to do for that is we're going to have a big Q&A episode and also uh, just kind of talk about the show, how everything's going so far, how everybody's feeling about it and uh, just kind of a check in, you know, after one year. So I'm going to put up a couple of posts uh, all over social media on our Twitter, on the Beholder's Eye Facebook page, share it as much as I can for people to get their questions in. I'll make a little survey um, or you can submit them to us via Twitter comments or retweets or, you know, private messages, whatever. Just however you want to get a, uh, get your questions to us, we'll take them and answer them. So the other big thing, and this is less of an announcement and more of just a reminder that we have a Patreon. Uh, our Patreon can be a great way for creators like us to help cover some of our financial needs. As you may or may not know, uh, running a podcast can sometimes be a little expensive, but that doesn't mean that it keeps us from doing it because we love it, but it could just be a little stressful. So uh, having people subscribe to our Patreon definitely helps get rid of some of that stress and honestly really touches us that anybody would want to support this weird funky thing that we're doing so if you could go over to patreon and subscribe even just a dollar a month helps we would be super grateful podcasting is uh, becoming pretty ubiquitous and there are a lot of services out there that offer podcast hosting which is probably the most important part of podcasting because if you don't have your podcast uh, hosted somewhere nobody's ever going to hear it <laughs> and we went through a few different podcasting hosts at the beginning of our show and wow we had pretty good experiences with all of them we found that shortwave is the best fit for our show shortwave is a podcast hosting syndication analytics and dynamic content stitching platform built on the belief that professional level podcasting tools should be available to everyone not just professionals. And as we are sponsored by Shortwave, uh, you can go ahead and go over to their website, www.goshortwave.com, to start your free 14-day trial of hosting on Shortwave, which includes show and episode-level listener analytics, embeddable episode players, unlimited upload and download bandwidth, and two free hours of dynamic content stitching that helps you build your episodes from multiple clips, all in your browser. Again, you can go to www.goshortwave.com for a free 14-day trial of everything that Shortwave has to offer. Shortwave, the platform for adaptive podcasting. Well, that's it for today, uh, or that's it for this week, and we'll be back in two weeks with another split party episode. Uh, it's going to be Barry and Swifty. That one should be pretty fun. And then uh, two weeks after that, it'll be Boris, and then a couple weeks after that, we're going to be doing the finale. So I hope everybody's getting as excited for that as we are. Uh, and until next time, bye! So, uh, as the two of you enter into the shop, you're greeted by uh, the sound of small tinkling bells and immediately hit with the smell of fabric I repeat and perfume. The sound of the bells. 
Okay. Um, That's a very bird person of you. Yeah. <laughs> I want to memorize that tune. But as you're walking through the store, there's um, there's only one person is attendant there, and they are standing behind a desk at the counter at the far end of the building. I go up to the counter and um, ask about the forty percent off sale. It's twenty. Twenty percent off sale. <laughs> uh, they correct you. <laughs> yes. How much confidence did I have when I said that? <laughs> You could have had as much as you wanted. They still would have had the same response. <laughs> it's 20. Um, well, the sale is for people who intend to buy something. Are you in... Well, I'm inquiring about it. Of course I'm going to buy something. I'm I'm here to shop. Are you this rude to everyone that comes in? I glare at them. I mean, yeah. That's kind of what we do here. You... See, now I'm a bit suspicious that you don't have the coin because most of the shops I, in the area... I don't I have mean, the coin. I mean, don't you know, like, rich people like to be treated like crap when they're shopping? Have you ever heard of customer service? Yeah. No, that's the point. Rich people don't like to be treated like crap when they're shopping. Why would they go shop there if they were treated like crap? That's terrible Because then they attitude. know that they're getting only the most um, uh, exclusive and... Um, pretentious of items i'm sorry you're gonna have to change your business plan because that is not how people like to shop no matter how much money they want to spend i'm sorry sir how is business by the way like do you get a lot of good business a lot of repeat customers uh yes because we have only the finest fabrics in the entire market district of Ooh, course. Do your pretentious ass. But tell me of more course. about this deal. Oh, it's a store-wide 20% off. It's um, to lure new customers in, of course. Um, times have not been great on business for the entire merchant area lately, uh, as there are rumors of war coming between some of the Excuse me, sir. Oh, uh, yeah, yes, yes. What is your name? My name is Rodolfo. Oh, okay. We are looking for uh, Jeremiah. Um, what is so your business with Mr. Johnson? I was told that I needed to come and pray for him. By whom? Does he know you're coming? Do you have an appointment? Indeed. Okay, well, let me just go... Let's go! No, well, you're going to have to wait here while I go check with Mr. Johnson. Okay, you bring him here. Well, we'll okay, we'll see. I'm going to go talk to him. You you just stay right here, okay? Um, are there any okay. other people in the shop? Well, actually, uh, since you ask, <laughs> yeah. uh, as he is stepping away from the counter, uh, he moves through a curtain in the wall that you now see is kind of hiding a doorway. And as he does, a woman steps through, um, who's also a half elf. She steps out and looks almost identical to him. Um, and she stands, she walks up to the counter and says, well, are you two ladies going to buy anything? 
Yeah, what's that um, fabric that you're hiding the door with? Um, just simple muslin. <laughs> I thought it was like doing a better job hiding the door than that. Well, it's more the way we've hung it and the pattern that hides the doorway. It's a trick of the eye. That what's the pattern on it? Uh, it's uh, it's a um, kind of a horizontal striped pattern um, that blurs out the background a bit of whatever it's hanging in front of. It's nothing like magical or anything. It's just kind of hard to see through. Could I get a cloak with that fabric, please? Who do I need well, to see for measurements? I, I can sell you the fabric. We don't do any assembly here. What? Is this some fancy shop then? We're this is not a full service shop. We're a fabric I store. Knock over a roll of fabrics, <laughs> like a stand. <laughs> a fabric a bit aggressive here, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and this woman looks at you and looks at the fabric on the ground and says, <laughs> I, I, "I try to make what? it look like I do it on accident." Oh, okay. <laughs> Like and I'm still upset about there not being any in-house tailors. <laughs> well, uh, uh, she just kind of ignores that, uh, the fabric on the floor. Um, oh, she she maybe oops. sighs a little oh, bit. Oops. oops. She says, well, look, we are not tailors. We are fabric sellers. It's two different businesses. Mr. Johnson. Where is he? I want to speak with your manager. I thought you... To had a appointment? Did you come in here together? No. <laughs> Rodolfo said woman. you came in here together and you seem to be together and this other woman is very much pushing for a... And at this point, Rodolfo comes back out from the back and taps her on the shoulder and she goes back into the back and he says... Okay, well, I talked to Mr. Johnson, and he says he didn't have an appointment with you, but he was expecting you. It's kind of odd. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and have my sister, Rodifina, escort you back. Is that the one I was just yelling at? Oh, good. All right. Uh, Take us back. Waves you through the curtain, and as the two of you step through, uh, Rudafina says, all right, this way, and leads you back through... I'm glaring at her the whole time. (laughs) Uh, Leads you back through a uh, storeroom in the back of this place, and up above the storeroom, you can see that there uh, is a staircase that leads up to an office with very large glass windows that look out into the storeroom. And standing in one of these windows is a human man of about average height. And a human, I've heard about these. He's actually got his back turned to the window. Uh, and it seems as though he might be talking to someone. Hmm, what an oddly shaped figure. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of looks like Barry. <laughs> um What's Barry doing here? <laughs> and as uh, Rudafina leads you up these stairs uh, and knocks on the door, you can kind of hear his muffled voice from the other side. Um, and you hear him, you know, yell, come in. And 
Rudafina opens the door and leads the two of you in, and you see a very nondescript-looking man standing across uh, a very ornate mahogany desk uh, with two very nice chairs set on your side of it uh, and a very tall leather captain's chair on the other side. And as the two of you come in, he says, ladies, ladies, please come in. I've been expecting you. Please sit down, sit down. Who told you we were coming? Uh, well, I guess you could say a little bird told me. Sure. Um, <laughs> oh no, you'll it it'll make sense soon. Why don't you please don't just like please come sit right down, now. make yourselves comfortable. Um, I know why you're here. It's okay. We're gonna have a conversation, okay? And. As he says that, Rudafina uh, closes the door behind the two of you, and you actually you hear a deadbolt lock. I don't like that on the outside. And as that happens, I get on edge. The windows, the very large windows to your left. I'm on edge. Um, looking out <laughs> over the. Uh, I'm ready to attack the storeroom. Uh, shutters, large metal shutters, immediately. Oh as no! As soon as happening. as soon as you hear that, the these large metal shutters immediately come down uh, in front of the windows and are now blocking your view of the storeroom. Um, and he he sees your obvious agitation and says, "I'm, ladies, sorry. Please, this is as much for your protection as it is for mine. Um, I don't." plan on doing anything mean or bad to you. I'm sure you've been told many things about me, but I want to show you that I'm here to help you and that I will be honest with you and nothing bad will happen to you, but this is a necessary precaution so that um, our conversation here will not be observed in any way. Hmm, that's been happening a lot lately. Um... Uh... Would you like to hear what I have to say? Yeah. Uh, you can go now if you'd like. I'm patient. Uh, uh, I don't think we can. You did both at the door and well, locked uh, the we, window. We'll open it right back up if you want to leave, but I'm I'm just saying. I'm curious. Spill it. Are you going to help us save Aldilar? Because I don't really care what happens as long as we save him. I, I can and I can't. I can't that is my job. directly help you. But I'm I, sticking to it. I can get you the information that you're looking for. Um, the for information. Free? Well, yes and no. Um, it's gonna be for something that you would want to do, anyways. Billy. Um, you see, you've been sent here under false pretenses, and now Caitlin seemed like a reputable source. I don't know what you're talking about, man. I understand that she can seem very persuasive. You sound she wasn't drunk as hell. <laughs> I was joking. I was trying to be facetious. I know. I know. Um, You're doing the SpongeBob voice. I, was, I don't know what it was. It was weird. Uh, he says, "No, um, to show you that I mean well, um, I'm going to do something, and trust me, it's not don't going hurt to hurt." Yourself. And he, from he 
as he's saying this, he's opening a drawer and he pulls out a small gem and he sets it on the desk in front of him and he sets one finger on it and immediately you see a magical field spring forth from it and encompass all of you. Mm-hmm. And I need everybody to make a charisma saving throw. How does my house? What? My How house does your house? How is my house doing? It's a house? Oh, fudge. 21. Okay, so. Four. Oh, that's terrible. He says, okay, so what this does, um, are you familiar with Zone of Truth? Um, This is a truth field. So. Oh, no. It compels most people to tell the truth. Some people can get away with it. Uh, Chirp, you actually are not. You saved. (laughs) Ha ha. So, um, and I think he might, well, no, he gets to know that. So, um, yeah, uh, he says, uh, now chirp, I, I can sense that you might not be able to, you might be able to lie to me and that's fine because I don't need the truth from either of you. This is to reassure you that I am telling the truth. Understand? I cannot deliberately lie to you now. Okay, I like that. And I say lazy, I like that too. You can't oh, lie like either. <laughs> I know. Um. <laughs> I know. You keep your mouth shut. I'm honest to a fault right now. It says good. Now that we have that established, um, Caitlin is not the person that she seems, um, and we. Al Dalar and I have been keeping the truth of that from Penny for some time. Penny knew that something was up, and that's what led to the split between the two. Um, but Cat- Caitlin is a very high-ranking member of the church. Of the open eye? Yes, well, mm. that's one of their names. They really are just the church. They The church. Yes, they come the from church. our old the well, they come from the other side of the world. Um the other side. Yes, I know it seems a bit far-fetched, but like I said, can't lie right now. Um Oh, okay. <laughs> I remember that. Uh <laughs> they are part of the yeah, empire that controls the entire other half of this planet. The church just wants everything. Um, all life feeds from the veil in some way. That energy that sustains us is its what it was left over from the creation of this universe. Um, when the gods sacrifice themselves to hold back indefinitely, well, they hoped indefinitely, um, the old gods, the the deep gods, the ones that would rather just everything be a black abyss. And that is who Caitlin and the rest of the church are in service to. Uh, not many of us who actually know the truth 
do. Now, I understand that you've been having some run-ins with uh, the Protectorate recently um, and members of them, of, of their ranks. And while they are a great organization, there is corruption within your rank within their ranks yeah and we I just would... had to figure out why a dragonborn was dead yes yes and i i would caution you in any of the dealings you have with them but um back to caitlin sorry uh she no doubt wants me dead as every time she sent assassins to my door um could you tell that easily Oh, well, you see, I I always know. That's why I'm still here. Um, I used to be a member of the church. When we lived in the old country, Catelyn and I, or Caitlin and I, I keep doing that. Uh, Caitlin and I, we, we had a relationship. Um... And she left for the for this side of the planet to be a member of the um, preparation force. Um, the church has been planning for a long ever since the church conquered the entire other side of the planet. Um, they've been planning their invasion and they from their early scoutings they knew that it wouldn't be as simple as just bringing in bringing an army over with the distances that would have to be traveled and and things like that it would it would ruin the forces before they could ever get here but when catlin got here she found the gnomes and stole quite a bit of their technology was it which has helped to be a foundation for their operations here um i came shortly after and was appalled by what she had done to the the gnomish people um that she she had taken up league with uh, this was all when pendolin was very very young well Around this time, I met Aldalar, and he kind of showed me the error of my ways um, and helped me turn away from the church. Uh, and that is why Catelyn has been trying to kill me and has sent you here. But during my time with the church, I gained the ability of clairvoyance. Um, it's very much a short-term thing, just, just about a day or so, and... I have a vague notion of what will happen, but when it comes to things that possibly end my life and end that clairvoyancy, um, those things I can see very quick, very easily, which... Well, now I know you knew how you knew we were assassins because we would have been successful and killed you. Surely. Yeah, we're yes, good. Of we're course. good at what we do. Of course. And I'm speaking the truth. Uh. The truth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> says but so what i'm gonna need from the two of you is to go ahead and tell her you killed me don't let her know what's happened here what if we need some sort of proof uh he says i've i've got that handled and he opens another drawer in his desk and he pulls out a metal tray with a 
glass bowl on top of it. Uh, and through the glass bowl, you can see what looks to be a perfectly preserved hand. And as he pulls this out, he says, okay, now I'm not going to take this off until you leave, but once I do, this thing will start bleeding. That blood will be a direct match for my own and will be all the proof that she should need. Okay. Oh, okay. Did you regrow your hand or something? Uh, and you actually, you see that he has like a line of scar tissue around his hand and he says, of course. What are you? I have you? to have contingency plans for everything. Oh, I'm just a human. I'm there's nothing special about me. Well, I can't <laughs> regrow limbs. In fact, I grew an extra one. He says, well... <laughs> 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 flesh is very manipulated <laughs> flesh is easily manipulated if you know uh, what you're doing and have the proper um, necromantic texts let's put it that way okay alrighty uh, necromancy isn't like outlawed or anything so what exactly <laughs> are we supposed to be telling that we killed her? him and then we have his that hand. And she has um, the information says, well, that we need. Along with She'll you going back, I'm, need, I'm going what to else go are you into hiding. Give us? Well, I mean, you told us the history of Caitlin, and but oh, I have what intel do the gnomes have, or what intelligence do the gnomes have that are allowing them to get into this veil? Oh, the gnomes have always had a deep connection to the veil. Um, all of the magical races do. Man really is the only race that doesn't have a connection to the veil. They just Greedy. have to, or uh, the other races so just have to figure it out. It's, uh, he says uh, this has nest. nothing to do with the gnomes, though. the The artifact that um, Aldalar acquired and which has um, sent him somewhere that that information i don't have for you but um what i can tell you is that the artifact itself uh it was meant to transport multiple people at once so it's it's a good thing that nobody was touching it with him um oh, but, that was a close one then <laughs> uh our best guess and from the intelligence that we found is that um there is a man in the southern forests that um, is creating these objects for the church to use and distributing them throughout the city so that um, upon the invasion day, uh, they will be able to basically just appear within the city. Okay. So we need to stop this guy. Yeah, we do. We need to find that. That sounds dangerous. Teleportation device. Right now, though, uh, he he hands over that metal tray with the the hand on it and says, "Okay, when you're ready, I don't want it. when you're ready to open this, um, well, when you're you're ready to leave, go ahead and open this. But um, I'm going to go and go ahead into hiding now. Uh, I've it's left instructions with my." assistance to pretend like the two of you killed me um, and also go into hiding. Is there so, like a bag somewhere? A bag? <laughs> what? what? A bag, bag that we can put the hand in or something? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I no. really don't want to put it in my bag. No. Uh, um, 
Give us a textile. Give us a piece of cloth to wrap the sand in. Yeah. Do you have some gold? <laughs> are you kidding, Jeremiah? <laughs> we are trying to, to save the world right bloody now. Bloody hand. You're supposed to be helping us. He says, no of course question. I have a bag. And he pulls out a small burlap sack big enough for the hand and hands it to you. Thank you. Um, he says, now, I will be um, completely unreachable after this. So uh, good luck. And he snaps his fingers and just completely disappears. All right. Good luck. I say bye. Bye. <laughs> Uh, so now the two you're gonna go. We'll head back, back to Caitlin's to shop. Her shop, yeah. Caitlin's so, cuts. As the two of you walk through the door of Caitlin's cuts, uh, she immediately come comes from behind the counter and uh, sees the bag that you're carrying and that distinct red drip coming from it um and she pulls it right out of your hands and says is this is this the proof yeah and she pulls it out and goes and sets it down on top of the counter and she starts to wave her hands across it and she as she does this she looks at the two of you and she says now girls i i trust that you didn't leave any witnesses behind of course not we are professionals perfect as of perfect yesterday and you did kill him. You made sure he was completely dead. Well, this is his hand. Yes, but you could have just cut off his hand. He may have escaped. He is dead, correct? Uh, yeah. He looked pretty dead to me. Super dead. And as the two of you are saying this, uh, you see this faint purplish glow radiating out from the hand. And uh, I look at Chirp. <laughs> I look at... I, mean, I look at chirp. I look at myself. <laughs> I look at chirp. I look at lazy. Oh, what's that? And what are you doing? She says, well, I'm determining whether or not you ladies are telling me the truth. And <gasps> You think we would lie to you? Oh, I don't think it. We and really want to save Al. As you say that, she, <laughs> she says, I don't, I don't think that you're lying to me and her eyes roll back in the back of her head and her face starts to split open and she <gasps> says I know you're lying to me It's a wrap, people.